Hi, this is Shannon from SAS4Teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog this week as we recap our Math Might show 305 and 306. We're going to start off with Kindergarten episode 305. We're going to continue with our word problems with Professor Barbel, but this time we start to look at different types of problems. Still not going higher than sums of 10. But for example, John has a paperclip chain. He has five large paperclips and puts three small paperclips. How many does he have? Students can model this out on the math work mat, showing an organized quick draw, modeling the 10 frame and the number bond, and then filling in the computation. The I can statement is I can compose and decompose numbers to nine. We invite students to the lesson by having them look at different pattern blocks. We see orange squares and purple diamonds. There are four combinations labeled A, B, C, and D. We want to see if they will notice things about which one might not belong. In kindergarten, we typically have one thing that doesn't belong. But in this show, we kind of stretch the kids thinking a little bit to see if they can find reasons to argue why each one of the choices might not belong in some way. One student might say, that there's seven shapes and the rest only have six shapes. So that's the one that doesn't belong. Someone else might say that one of them doesn't have any squares and that doesn't belong because it's all diamonds. We want students to pay close attention to the parts and the part and the total and the way that things are organized. But this concept will allow students to contribute to the lesson in one way, which is what we really want. We do a fun activity with pattern blocks to see if students can create something with only seven pattern blocks in a combination of green triangles and orange squares. We can create a house or maybe even a castle. We can even create things with different sums of numbers. I might use three triangles and four squares to create my house, which is a total of seven pattern blocks. But in your castle, you have two triangles that are the peaks and five squares that are the base. It's all about approaching things in different ways, being given the quantity to see the part-part total. We continue this by looking at combining trapezoids and triangles, using a total of eight pattern blocks to see what they can make. Someone creates a boat. One student creates a star or maybe even a rocket. We could write down the statement that 5 plus 3 is true in all of these pictures. Here we want students, though, to really see if they can apply. Is that 5 plus 3 matching all the pictures? We want to see that their opinion matters and they, they can apply this through the process. They might disagree with this statement, so we want them to go through and figure out which design doesn't match the number sentence. For the extension activities, kids see pattern block designs and have to determine which expression goes with that design based on the part-part total composition of the design. This is a fun way to get kids engaged in the concept, really using a different type of manipulative. We don't always have to use linking cubes or unifix cubes to get kids to understand the part-part total. In show 306, we continue with word problems with helping students to by adding two different numbers. Hopefully by now, students are becoming a bit more fluid with the problem-solving process that we've outlined in Kindergarten Journal as we focus on quite a bit of this for the rest of the month. We'll continue to practice problem-solving, showing becoming easier and more natural for kindergartners. Our objective here is very simple as it was in the previous show. I can compose and decompose numbers to have nine in a tower. 
As you know, we can't give students enough practice with this concept. Whether we do pattern blocks or we use the counting buddy or we use towers, kids need repetition to see the decomposing and composing of numbers. To invite kids into the lesson, we lay out different trains of unifix cubes and ask students what they notice and what they wonder, what's the same and what's different. All the trains total six, the students will discover, and one of them is broken into three and three, where one is broken into four and two, and one is broken into one and five. DC definitely appears in this show, even though kindergartners aren't necessarily using DC to decompose and make a 10, they're still definitely learning how to break apart cubes, which is the premise of the game called Snap the Cubes. DC has a row of nine cubes and he uses his hammer to smash it. Player one decomposes the cubes a certain way. Player two has to describe how the cubes were broken up. This is a nice, there's a nice recording sheet where students can kind of create the different combinations that they're breaking with the cubes to see the expression that matches. Though the activity, we hope that kids will see the pattern that emerges. If I do one, then the other part's going to be eight. If I see two, then the other part's going to be seven. Or if I see three, there's going to be six and so on. If we're adding eight, I could do two and six, three and five, four and four, etc. As they build with unifix cubes, they'll record the combinations. They'll be able to see the progression of the two parts. As the extension activity, Kids play two parts to make seven. Given a set of seven unifix cubes, the students can draw the two parts they're going to color to create the expression. Ultimately, we want students to be flexible in their understanding for these concepts so they are able to apply them as they start to learn more about part, part, total. Moving on to first grade in show 305, we're continuing to work on Professor Barbell at the beginning. This time, we're using non-proportional approach for part whole addition. Our journal page is similar to the one we've used in the past, but instead of the unit bars being labeled with the individual unit, it's open. Kids have to figure out where to put the marks to represent the quantities in the problem. If someone has six green apples and three red apples, I'm not going to make that line directly in the middle of the bar because six doesn't represent a half of the total. Instead, I'm going to move it over to the right a little bit because six is larger than three. This warm-up really helps students start to understand the process of proportional bars. The idea of pro using proportionals, it gives them the idea of how to take a bar and proportionally kind of slice it up as we go through the whole step-by-step -step process just a little bit differently. A lot of first grade teachers want to continue putting that individual unit into the bar. However, Soon, someone's going to have 16 apples and 12 apples, and that's going to be too many individual units to write in. So the more we can get first graders in this level, we can really encourage students to make the unit bar match what they're using and writing their quantities. The I can statement is I can add numbers and write equations to show my work. And so we have Molly and Han who are trying to find the sum of 24 plus 36. Molly starts off counting 20 plus 60. Can we figure out what her next step should be? Students are going to solve these problems in a different way. In this case, Molly is solving with value packs. She starts adding the tens first, and then she wants to add the ones. Han takes a different approach for 24 plus 30, 63. Han decides to start with 63 and then add the 20 to get the total of 83. What should he do next? This strategy shows a different approach. Han is taking the whole number 63 and just adding the tens. So eventually he has to do the ones. 
Obviously, we want students to be able to create the methods and the equations that are easiest for them, but we also want them to distinguish how students are adding in different ways. We have students try to match equations they see to see which expression they might use to find the sum. Another example would be 24 plus 32. We show six different expressions and students have to determine could you use this? Well, obviously somebody could do 30 plus 2 and then 4 plus 2, but somebody else could take it from 32 and then add the 20 and then add the 4. This is a little bit of a harder task, but helps students become a little bit more analytical as they start to pick the six expressions and decide which one somebody could use to solve the problem 24 plus 32. And so students get to solve with value pack with these two-digit numbers we can really bring in this character to help them understand. Now and again, now again, students can decompose and solve by adding the tens and tens and then the ones and ones, but they could also take the larger number and count up if they choose. As we move and show 306, students again are working with Professor Barbel. This time we're solving a part whole missing add with a non-proportional bar. We have students label the total, which is the quantity, and the part that they don't have, which is the unknown. There are 12 coats on the rack. Seven of them are pink, the rest are blue. How many blue coats are there? The important thing to make sure is that students are labeling as they're adding in the different parts of the drawing. Play close attention to how Mrs. Markovich labels each quantity so that she can go back and chunk the checks that are in the problem as she's adding it. The I can statement is I can add two digit numbers to one digit number by decomposing and composing. The introductory part of this is similar to our previous talk where we have kids kind of look at seeing how to add on more. So we have three 10 frames filled and then we add on some more. How can kids look at the grouping of 10 and quickly determine without counting? This takes on the idea of numeracy talks, but a bit further. Then we're gonna ask what would be the most efficient way to add a problem like eight plus 47? One student decides to put 47 in their head and count plus one, plus one, plus one, 48, 49, 50, 51, et cetera. That works for first grade, but is it the most effective and most efficient strategy? Maybe not. Maybe we should use DC. DC is a big part of the show to help students understand how to decompose and create a new 10. If I'm doing 8 plus 47, I might want that 47 to become a 50. So I'm going to decompose the 8 into 5 and 3 to make that next decade number. Don't forget that students really need visual assistance on this. On this show, I have a mat with six 10 frames on a big sheet. You could also print it on legal if you could help students to fill it in. You could also use the abacus as well to help them see how to decompose in order to add. I really feel like the extension activity to help them solve with DC is a fun one. For each problem, students have to, an empty 10 frame because I really want the students to see how to build the first number and add to it so they can use that visual to help them. They can start a new 10 frame by building the second number so they can see how to decompose that decade and make it easier. For second grade in 305, we're using Professor Barbell, but we aren't actually doing a full problem with him. I chose to do an additive comparison here because I think that second graders really struggle with this concept. It's harder than the most simplistic problems in the part whole addition, part whole subtraction, or even the part whole missing add-in. Doing additive comparison really helps them understand the value of each person that they're using and the visual problem. For example, Mallory has 36 crayons and Nolan has four more than Mallory. How many crayons does Nolan have? 
Oftentimes, kids are taught to circle the numbers and underline the important words. So most of the kids come up with 34 plus 4 equals 40. However, we want students to have a sense that the wording is not asking them to put in and just add it. We want to put a unit bar in for each character and then add in the values. See how it works to really look at this problem to make it solve simpler for students. As we move on, we continue with place value with using three-digit numbers to compare. We play a fun game where students get to decide if the statement is true and false. The catch is the statements are not just going to be two different numbers that involve is 330 greater than or less than or equal to something. It's going to actually make them apply it. So is 330 less than 300 plus 3. Kids are required to solve the addition problem before they decide if the statement is true and false. For example, kids have to be careful and really attend to the idea of the place value in the order of the statement to see if it's true or false. In previous shows, we talked about all the different ways to compare. In this show, students have to decide which one they want to use. If I had 521, are you going to compare it to 523 by using place value? building it to, to look in hundreds, tens, and ones? Would you use base 10 blocks like we have in the past? Would you use disks or would you use a number line? Students can pick the strategy that works best for them. One student might place use the place value disks to help them understand it, where another student might use a number line that they find easier. We want kids to have this freedom. The last activity that we show is giving students three numbers that could potentially fit into a statement more than once. They have to figure out which numbers go into which statements. And so we have different blanks that are greater than and less than that kids have to use and put their thinking caps on to try to figure out how to fit it into the statement. For the extension activity, we have a number, a, a make a greater number. In this game, kids will spin the wheel and combine digits to apply the ideas that we're talking about with place value to make a greater number than their partner. As we move into 306, we're going to continue with Professor Barbell's warm-ups and do an additive comparison. I really want kids to slow down when reading the problem. Diego has read 15 more pages than Jada. Well, if you don't have the unit bar for each student, that could be really difficult to solve. The I can statement is I can order three numbers by using place value understanding. Up to this point, we've done a lot with greater than, less than, and equal to, but in this show, we can put them now into order. I love the idea of positioning the problem that might be incorrect and having students become detectives, instead of having the teacher being the person that's telling them the right or wrong. In this show, we have a list of numbers where Kieran and Andre order from smallest to largest to decide if they think which student is correct. We get some different feedback. Someone uses a number line to tell us the numbers are in order, while someone else uses value pack to get to the idea. There are valuable realizations of students and looking at effective strategies. If you give five number ranges between seven and 850 and ask them to put them order from least to greatest, and you start by using a number line to plot them, it's already put in order from greatest to least or least to greatest. Another student might decide to order with place value with starting with numbers in the 700s and then move to the 10s and then to the 1s and go back to the numbers that are in the 800s and then look at the 10s and then at the 1s and then finally plot the numbers. That takes time. 
Maybe another student prefers base 10 blocks. Well, gosh, we'd be here for a whole long time to be able to do five different ways to show how we compare with base 10 blocks. Is it easier for us to look at the digits with value pack or is it easier to look at it in the number line? Again, the idea is we want them to communicate and how they want to do it one way or the other. And it doesn't have to be the same as their partner. In an extension activity, we do value pack. She needs, he needs some help. They're mixed, their numbers are all mixed up and students have to get them in the right order. In 305, we continue with Professor Barbel and we're doing word problems with multiplication. We want students to understand that you can divide a bar into equal sessions to represent groups. For example, there's five crates of milk with nine milk cartons in each. How many milk cartons are there in all? Having students draw a visual model to make sure they understand this concept is really important. We spent we spend a little bit of time on this and then we start off with the I can statement, which is I can divide using the multiplying up strategy. We've touched on this in two previous shows, but this is something that kids need repeated practice with. So we spend some time looking at that multiplying up strategy for the division of this show. We present 52 divided by four. It's a great way to start off with that total of 52 with place value disks and base 10 blocks so we can model. But starting off with 40 or four groups of 10, showing that there's only 12 left, then seeing that four times three is 12. We really wanna model the idea that seeing the focus number using the multiplying up strategy can help us, but also using repeated subtractions that, that is really going on in this process can also be applied. They are given four problems with a little bit higher numbers like 54 divided by 14. Can we use the multiplying up strategies? Well, maybe students know what two times 14 is because they can do their doubles. The great idea is to help them to multiply up with friendly numbers to make the most of sense for students. As we mo move into show, 306, they're using again Professor Barbel doing multiplication so they can look at a visual model. In 305, they learned how to do it, but in 306, we're trying to do it a little bit more independently. The I can statement is I can divide within 100, where the quotient of the divisor is more than 20. We're working with higher numbers here. We want kids to see they have a better, hopeful, more, more solid understanding of division. So if you're looking at 84 divided by 4, could I do an estimate to see what's too low, too high, or just right? Instead of just rushing to the procedure, we want kids to actually think. What if I had 84 of something? What would be the good reasoning? Why might something look that way? We do another example, which is 78 divided by 3, to show the concept division for fair shares by looking at multiplying up. We practice larger numbers like 96 divided by 4 and ask students which way to solve the problem. Do they want to use base 10 or do they want to use a strategy called multiplying up? Students do an activity that involves understanding division to estimate and compare quotients. It's a really great way of helping them guess and understand how to do division where they can see their lack of understanding because it's hard for them to estimate and we don't know what it looks like. We hope that you enjoyed these episodes and will join us soon for a next episode.